pray with me. Lord, we thank you for the chance to gather this morning, and we we thank you for the time of worship we've already had. And God, we pray now as we we look into your word that you'll speak to our hearts, God, that that we'll be open, God, that we will be receptive and attentive for these few minutes we're together. And, and God, give us the courage to uh, to obey you, God. We 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 know you didn't bring us here just to uh, endure the next thirty minutes, but to hear and respond to what what you say to us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, I want to I want to ask you a serious question. Do you realize today how important it is? for you to be effective when you pray. I mean, do you, do you realize that this afternoon, if you were at the hospital in the ICU unit with someone you love, or if it's you in the hospital, or you go home today and you get a phone call, one of those really bad phone calls that something's happened, and the world's been turned upside down, do you realize how important and how great a need that you have to be able to pray and to have influence with God? I hope you realize that because we desperately need to be effective when we pray. And in Mark chapter 11 this morning, we're going to talk about praying in faith. And praying in faith is, a, in my opinion, is a very misunderstood thing. We see things on TV that confuse us about it. We, we've heard preachers say different things about it. So I want us to look at Mark 11 and see what Jesus says about this really, really important subject. Here's the fundamental thought today. Faith is essential to being effective in prayer. Faith is not optional. Faith is not a good thing. If you're going to pray... And you're going to have influence for God when your child needs your prayers, when your husband needs your prayers, when your wife needs your prayers, when you are on your back and you need God's help. Faith is not an optional part of it. Faith is an essential ingredient of prayer. Not the only thing, and we're going to look at some of the other things today, but but it's an essential part. Mark 11, we're going to start with verse 12 and 14. And then jump to verse 20 through 24. These passages go together. In verse 12, it says, The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing that in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing was on it but leaves, because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the fig tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him. That was a thing he wanted to happen. Then in verse 20 through 24, it says, In the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed is withered. Verse 22, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will happen. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, let me give you the context here. 
Jesus, we looked at part of this story last week when he cleansed the temple. But before he cleansed the temple, they're walking along, and he sees a fig tree, and he's hungry. And, and the, normally these fig trees in this part of the area, they, they produce leaves, and then it's a little while later before they produce fruit. So really the tree hadn't done anything wrong, but Jesus is going to use the tree for a great object lesson. So Jesus goes, and it doesn't have a, uh, a fig on it, so he curses it. He says, you know, basically when Jesus is talking, he's God, he's talking, it's prayer. And he's saying, listen, you, you're dead, fig tree. You will never produce again. A couple of days later, they go back, or a day later, and, and it is dead. One of the things Jesus was doing here is he was symbolically showing God's judgment on the people of Israel and on the, the people of the temple that he roughed up just a few verses before that. He was saying, look, you look pretty, you got all these fine leaves, and all, but you bear no fruit and your time has come. I'm done with you. But he was also teaching them a parable about prayer, about how to pray and the power of prayer. That was one of the big things that he wanted them to see and to get from this story. So what is praying in faith? What is praying in faith? I'm going to give you six things this morning. I want to encourage you, not because I'm going to say anything profound, because I hijacked these through the years from a lot of other people, I'm sure. But these are important things to understand about praying in faith. Things that will help you tomorrow morning and the next morning and three days later and a week later and six months from now when you're praying, you go back and look at these things. What does it mean to, to pray in faith? Here's the number one thing. Faith is first about your relationship with Christ. When Jesus said, have faith in God in verse 22... That word faith means to have knowledge of or assent to or belief in. Listen, prayer, the first key to prayer is that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ through faith. Now, I know some people differ on this, and I'll be happy to talk to you after church or this week about this. But my fundamental belief from the Bible is is that prayer is a thing, is a privilege that belongs to a Christian. Before I was a Christian, I talked a lot to God, but it was more about what gimme, gimme, gimme versus having a true relationship with God. Jesus is not Santa Claus, and I'm a huge fan of Santa, but he is not Santa. It's not just about what you can get for him. It's about having a relationship with him first and foremost. Now, they are right at the temple when all this was taking place. And the Jewish people believed that the temple was a place that you had power in prayer. And that's a great idea. I mean, we ought to believe this is a place of power in prayer. But to them, it was almost superstitious. In fact, they would even, when they were away from the temple and they were out in the community or whatever, and they would pray, they would turn to the temple and pray like Muslims turn to Mecca and pray. And Jesus was telling them, look, it's great that the temple's a place of prayer, But it's not about the temple ultimately. It's about God. It's about having faith in God and having a relationship with God. Let me show you a couple of verses. Psalm 66, 18 says, If I cherish sin in my heart, the Lord will not have listened. Let's take two applications of that. First of all, for you Christians, you and I cannot live as we want to, pick and choose how we obey God, not deal with the junk in our life consistently and expect to have an effective prayer life, okay? But how does that apply to a lost person, a non-Christian, a person who has not dealt with that basic sin of unbelief? God's waiting and, and waiting for them to call on him to save them in prayer. But remember, he's not Santa Claus. God's just not there uh, to give us what we want at our beckoning call. It's, faith is about a relationship with Christ, 
either next Sunday or the next, I'm going to preach this passage, Mark eleven twenty five, which is uh, right. Part of this, it says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. So your father may forgive you your sins. Now, folks, as a Christian, this is about that faith relationship with Jesus. You can't be bitter at people. You can't be full of resentment and anger towards other people and expect to have a prayer life with God. Come on. Again, we'll dive into that full head first in a few weeks. That's a very important part of prayer. You see, before you ask God for his hand, God wants your heart. Are you following me? Have faith in God. Have a relationship with God. Through Jesus Christ, that is where praying and faith begins. That's the first part, okay? Here's the second part. Listen, this is going to sound so simple, but boy, is it important. Faith believes God is really there. Faith believes that God is really there. Listen, a lot of praying that you and I have done through the years is just babbling, just talking. In Hebrews eleven six. It says, and without faith, it is what? Read that with me. Without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. We will look at that more, that verse more in a moment. Folks, a lot of our praying is just mindless babble. When you are praying, are you focusing on the fact that God is present Are you focusing on the fact that when you are praying, you are talking to God? Are you just going through the routine? I got to do this every morning. No, I'm not making fun of this. I'm making fun of this in my experience, not in your experience. When I was in high school, after every football game, we would gather together. We would hold hands or we would put our hands on our shoulder pads, whatever we did back then. And we would say the Lord's Prayer together. I know from my experience, I wasn't a Christian then. Folks, that wasn't praying. I was just just reciting something everybody else was saying. What I was really thinking about was, I hope she's looking for me when I, you know, I can find her as soon as I get dressed and get out of here. Or I hope this is going to, I wasn't focusing on God. Folks, praying in faith, praying in faith believes that God is really present. I heard a great illustration, a man uh, in Fort Worth, Texas, what he would do, if he was praying at home, he was by himself, obviously, he would have a chair cleared. He'd pull up a chair or a part of the couch, wherever he was, and this is where God was sitting, and he would focus on that. When he, he drove a lot, his, his job, he traveled a lot, he would keep the passenger side seat of his car clean. He'd put all his stuff in the back because that's where Jesus sat. I want to ask you this morning, when you pray, are you just saying words? Are you talking to God? Uh, Faith believes God's really there. Here's the third thing, and man, this is a biggie. Faith believes God is listening and God cares. This point right here, 30 years ago, I I got out of a book. Someone, I, I had read this, I wrote it down, and I bet for the first five years I was a Christian, I would go over this. Faith believes God's listening and that God really cares. Mark eleven twenty two. have feeling in God. Have emotions in God. That's not what it says. It says have faith in God. 
We jump to that Hebrew passage again in Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I want to ask you today, do you really believe when you're praying God's listening to you and that God cares about what you're saying? You're a Christian and you're trying to be right with God. You're, you're not perfect. You're dealing with your sins. You're dealing with your bitter spirit. You're trying to abide in Christ and follow him. You can have confidence that when you pray, God's listening and that he really cares. In Jerusalem is the great wailing wall. You may have, you've certainly seen pictures of it. Most of you have. This is a sacred place. Uh, for Jews and really for a lot of Christian people. They come and they pray at that wall. Many of them will write prayers and they put it in holes in that wall. And I read a story of a man who had been doing that almost every day for 25 years. Almost every day for 25 years. And and a reporter found out about this. And he went to the man and he said, I want to interview you. Tell me about this. What is it like? 25 years you go to that wall. And the man looked dejected and he looked down and he said, really, I feel like I'm just talking to a wall. Friend, I want to tell you, this is a huge key to the effectiveness of your prayer life. It's not based on your feeling. It's not based on your emotion. It's based on the facts, and you need to trust them by faith. That when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you pray, God is there, God is present, God cares, and God is listening. Your wife may not listen to you. Your husband may not listen to you. When your kids get older, I guarantee it, they won't listen to you. But God will. Isn't that wonderful? Here's the fourth thing. Faith believes God can really help. I'm going to be honest with you. Many of you don't believe that, not, not in the depths of your heart. You don't believe God can really help. In Mark eleven twenty four, though, listen to what he says. I tell you what you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it, and it will be yours. Apparently, Jesus thought God could really help. Can your God help you? William Barclay was a great New Testament scholar in Great Britain. And he had two professor friends who were not Christians who were nominal in their church attendance and their church involvement, but they were not professing followers of Christ. Very brilliant men. One day, one of the other men was coming to go see his friend, and he got up on the porch. He could hear his friend talking. He thought he was talking to somebody. He peeked through a window. His friend was on his knees. He could tell he was praying. He waited an uncomfortable minute or two, and he knocks on the door. Friend lets him in. He said, buddy, I couldn't help but notice you were on your knees praying. Do you really believe that can help? And the friend looked back at him kind of sheepishly, said, no, not really, but it can't hurt anything, can it? Is that how you pray? That's how a lot of us, honestly, that's really and truly how we pray. We're just kind of throwing up a wish and a last-ditch effort and just kind of hoping maybe if God's not busy, he'll catch it and he'll do something with it. Praying in faith says, listen, I'm talking to the God of the universe. I'm talking to somebody who can help me. Do you realize how some of these things can make a difference in your prayer life? Friend, God doesn't want you approaching him like he can halfway help you. Luke 18, 27 is a great verse. 
Luke 18, 27 says, What is impossible with men is possible with God. Would you read that with me? Read that with me. What is impossible with man is possible with God. Folks, when you pray in faith, that means you come to God as a Christian. You come to God believing he's there, believing he's listening, believing he cares, and believing that he can help you. I want to ask you this. Do you believe God can help you with your problems? Raise your hand if you do. Start praying like it. (laughs) Start praying like it. Now, here's the fifth thing, and then this is where we take a big jump. This is where it gets difficult. Faith believes God for the answer. Faith not only believes God can do it. Listen, I've got to that point many years ago. My problem is this point. Will God do it is the the biggie. Verse 22 and 23, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. It's very possible As Jesus talked to the men about this, they were looking at the Mount of Olives, and from the Mount of Olives you can see the Dead Sea, and and it would have been a great picture for them to understand that Mount of Olives going into the Dead Sea. What did Jesus mean by a mountain being removed? Very, very significant. A mountain was synonymous for difficulty. Many Jewish rabbis, as well as probably Jesus here, What he was saying was not you pray and a little mountain will go into Darbone. But what he was saying was is that when you pray and you pray in faith and you believe God, there is no difficulty, there is no obstacle that cannot be overcome when you pray and you believe God. That's powerful. But I also think this verse takes it a step farther. I think he's challenging us here to step out in faith and believe God for the answer we're asking him for. Now, here's what's happened through the years. We've gone to one of two extremes. One extreme is this. If you will give money to my ministry and just believe God, you will have a Rolex on your hand in five minutes. you ever heard that on TV? You don't watch the same shows I watch, obviously. Let me tell you, friend, you can pray and believe right now, but I'm going to be shocked if you go home and there's a Rolls Royce in your driveway today, even if you give a $100 bill in the offering plate. So we've seen that extreme, and so we throw that extreme out because, well, then that's not true. You don't pray in faith. It doesn't matter. I've, I've actually heard ministers say, well, that praying in faith, that doesn't really mean what it says, and we're not supposed to do that, and it doesn't make a difference. Baloney. I want to just share with you a few scriptures. There's a thousand we could share, but I want to share with you a few. In Matthew 13, 58, listen to what Jesus says. And he did not do many miracles there because they didn't sing well, because they didn't laugh at his jokes. Sure, it irritated him like it does me, but that's not what it says. He did not do many miracles there because their lack of faith. Matthew 17, 19 through 20. 
Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive out? It was a demon. What Jesus says, he replied, Because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth. If you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, this difficulty, move from here to there, and it will move. In Matthew 21, 22, Matthew 21, 22, look what it says. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Okay? Again, we got to understand this properly, don't we? Let me give you an example of not understanding it properly. When I was seven or eight years old, I don't remember the exact age, we were, we were at my grandparents, it was Christmas, in Mena, Arkansas. How many of you know where Mena, Arkansas is? Mena is, is uh, in the sticks. My relatives were hicks from the sticks. And I had heard people say, you pray and believe and what, it'll happen. I, I wish I was making this story up, but I'm not. It, it, it is actually true. So I got in the, my grandmama's front tree in, in, the, in the front yard, and I, got, I climbed up. I didn't have a lot of faith. I climbed up about this high, and I got up, and I'm not making this up. I got up there, and I said, God, I believe I can fly. Again, I wish I was making this up, but I'm not. And so I said, I believe I can fly, and I jumped out of the tree. Guess what happened? I hit the ground. So I dusted off my little body, and I got back up. And I got in the branch again. I thought, I didn't believe enough. I didn't believe enough. So I got in that branch, and I jumped out. And guess what happened? I flew around Grandmama's yard. No. Guess what happened? My little chubby body went, boom, on the ground. So I got up, and, and that was the end of that. Some of you are saying, well, if I'd had faith, I'd have climbed to the top of the tree. Yeah, I'd be dead today if I'd have climbed to the top of the tree. You see, praying in faith requires that you have maturity with it, Okay. <laughs> maturity, you can be 80 years old and be spiritually immature. So it's not, not age maturity, it's spiritual maturity. You've got to have spiritual maturity. You've got to put together the will of God. You've got you to put together your relationship with Christ. You can't live like the devil and pray like a saint, okay? So you've got you to put all those things together to understand properly what praying in faith is. I want to give you another story where I think I did it right. I was a junior in college, and I'd come home on a Sunday to my parents' house. They, we had a small farm, and nobody was there. It was a Sunday afternoon. It was in November. It was a great day to, to eat a lot and watch football. It was just a perfect day. And I look out the back window, and a cow had gotten out. Now, how many of you have ever been around cows, raised cows, okay? If you haven't, you're not going to understand this story, and you're, you're going to think that I'm really goofy. If you've been around cows, you're going to understand 100% what I'm saying. When a cow got out, that is terrible, okay? My dad, we didn't have any horses. I mean, we weren't the Ponderosa, Little Joe, and all those guys, and, you know, you'd lasso the cow and bring it back in. We didn't have three-wheelers. We didn't have four. We didn't have motorcycle. We had bikes. That was it, the kind you pedaled. So when a cow got out, that meant with your feet, you chased that cow. And I'm not exaggerating. I have chased cows for seven or eight miles for hours and hours and hours. So I go out and I open the gate, so hoping this cow will go back in, and I start trying to push it back in. It won't go in. This goes on about 15 minutes, and I realize this can go on to 11 at night. Because, see, folks, when a cow gets out, you can't just try. You can't just tell Daddy, I gave it a good effort. I don't know where the cow is, but, but I did my best. You get the cow back in. Are you following me? So I'm realizing this can go on to 11 o'clock at night. And, and well, the cow or me is going to die at some point. So I just stopped and I said, God, 
I said, I learned Mark eleven twenty four. 24. I said, you said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. Folks, the Bible says pray about everything, doesn't it? Some of you are going, oh, praying about a cow getting in. Number one, you've never chased a cow. Number two, <laughs> number two, you're not spiritually mature enough to know that the more you pray, that's a sign of maturity, not immaturity. You follow me? Okay. I just stopped and I said, God, I'm, I'm going to believe you for that cow getting back in. I stopped. I prayed. I pictured in my mind that cow jumping back over the fence. I said, Amen. I walked toward that cow. I promise you, it jumped back over the fence. And I sat there and went, what a coincidence. It wasn't a coincidence. And and by the way, that's how the devil tries to rob God of the glory and you rob your faith by any time a prayer is answered by pushing it in your mind, that's just a coincidence. That was God answering my prayer. That was God answering my prayer. Listen, praying in faith is not a magic wand, but it's absolute essential to prayer. I'm amazed at my lack of faith and probably your lack of faith. I had someone call me recently. We'd been praying about something for a while. They called me and they gave me a great report. You're not going to believe what happened. This happened, this happened, this happened. I'm like, wow, I can't believe it happened. I got off the phone. I was like, what a baby spiritually I am. Why do we pray and believe God's going to happen? And then when it's happened, we're shocked. It's a lack of faith, isn't it? Faith's not a magic wand, but it's an essential to prayer. Now, let me give you the sixth thing. Faith accepts the answer, God's answer. Now, this is difficult, and I'm not trying here. I'm not trying to water it down. I mean, I have seen people pray for someone to be healed, and then that person dies, and they go, oh, they're healed now. That's not what we were praying for, were we? That's that's not my understanding. So I'm not trying to cop out of here, but I'm trying to give you the whole picture of praying in faith. God answers you and me like you and I answer other people in three ways. Yes, no, or wait. We like the yes, don't we? I like the yes. How many of you would agree with me? One of the best things that's ever happened to you is that God has not answered all your prayers. Would you agree with that? Garth Brooks. You know Garth Brooks? You know Garth Brooks. Some of you are too young to remember, but in 1990, he sang a song I think that ought to be in the hymn book. I thank God for unanswered prayer. How many of you remember that song? Garth Brooks I guess was 28 at the time, and he goes back to a 10-year reunion. And when he was in high school, y'all are going to appreciate this in 10 years, he had been praying, oh, God, please, Mom, marry this girl. God, give me this girl. Give me this girl. Please, God, give me this girl. And then he goes back to this reunion. They didn't marry. He married somebody else. And then he sees her, and I guess she looked different. And he's saying, God, thank you for not answering my prayer. I went to my 30th uh, reunion a few years ago, and I could have sworn I walked by some women that were going, thank you, God, for not answering my prayer. I had Coke, not beer, so I just spilled some Coke on them. One of the best things that's happened is that you have prayed and believed and that God didn't do it. That's because he's God and he knows everything, okay? Do I pray and believe and picture it happening? Yes. Am I so thankful that God oftentimes has chosen not to answer that yes? Absolutely. 
The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he had some kind of physical problem. And he says he prayed three times. I don't think that was like, oh, God, this morning and this afternoon and evening. I think that was like three seasons in prayer. He said, God, heal me. Paul was a guy that that God used to touch people and to heal people. Paul had the faith. He had the faith. He had the faith. But God said, Paul, I'm not going to heal you. I'm not going to answer your prayer yes because I've got a bigger yes by saying no to that. Paul, because I'm not going to answer your prayer by healing you, I'm going to use this to keep you humble, and I'm going to use this so I can use you in greater ways. You think Paul liked it at first? Shoot, no, he didn't. But he came to understand that that was God's plan. Now, here's the truth. Sometimes you and I pray about things, and we do not get the answer because we don't believe God. Our faith's not big enough. You can theologize it all you want to. It's just in the book. Sometimes you're praying, and other people don't believe God. Other people are resisting God's will. I'm praying for a lot of people to be saved, to get right with God, to quit being spiritually troublemakers, and I'm not seeing it change. God's not going to violate their will and drag them down the aisle and spank them in front of everybody, and so they'll repent. they got a say in it. But sometimes, as we pray in faith, we've got to accept that God's answer is, is a no to our request. And so when you bring it all together, when you belong to Jesus and you're centered in him and you've got some maturity and you're trying to pray properly, you pray believing that God is going to hear and he loves you and that he's going to answer you and then faith accepts the answer that God gives. That's not a cop-out. Let me just wrap it up by saying this. Here's what I would do if I went to the doctor in the next few weeks and he said, you've got six months to live. First of all, I would eat anything I wanted and I wouldn't exercise any. No, I'm teasing. First of all, I would do whatever the doctor said. If he said you need shots, you need chemotherapy, you need to stand on your head and yo-yo five minutes a day, whatever he said... I would do what he said. And then I would pray. And I would ask God to heal me. And I would pray to a God I believe can heal me. And I would believe he's going to heal me. And I'd ask you to pray for me. And I would ask leaders in our church to come and lay hands on me and anoint me with oil and pray. And I would pray believing. But here's what I would do ultimately too. I would look at that mountain and that difficulty and I would say, God... I'm not trying to cop out on this. But if for whatever reason, it's not your will for me to live on past this six months. I want 25 more years. If it's six months, God, here's what I'm asking you for. Give us the victory over that mountain. Give us the victory over that difficulty. God, if it's 25 more years or six months, God, may you be glorified in my life. God, may you bless my family. May you use me and use whatever we're going through, God, 
to bring glory to you and to bless other people so that God, that difficulty in that mountain, however you choose to do it, I'm believing for a healing, but however you choose to do it, God, that you will knock that down and that you will get the victory. You see, I think that's what ultimately praying in faith is. Will you pray with me? Jesus, man, we thank you we can come to you. And I want to ask the Christians here today to make a fresh commitment to pray and to pray believing God and to pray connecting with God. And if you're not a Christian, where you're seated right now, would you give your life to Jesus? Would you cross the line with him? Just pray with me and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to turn from my sins. I believe you're God's son and that you died for me. I believe you arose for me. Jesus, come into my heart this morning and save me today. Let me have your attention just for a moment. We're going to stand and I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads today and let Justin sing. Maybe you just ask Christ in your heart or you're ready to do that. Ministers will be down here. We'd love to help you with that decision. Give your life to Christ today. Maybe you'd like to join our church family. One way you can do that is in a moment when we stand, just ease down the aisle, come talk to one of our ministers. You're here today. You're a Christian. You want to come and pray with one of our ministers. We'll, We'll pray with you about whatever your mountain is. Maybe you want to come and pray at the altar. Christian, where you're standing or at the altar, maybe it's time to take that next step with God and say, God, I don't understand it all, but from this point on, I'm going to be a person of prayer and a person who prays in faith, and I'm going to keep doing that until you take me home. Let's stand. Just bow your heads, but respond to Christ today. We're waiting on you. Savior say Thy strength indeed is small Child of weakness watch and pray Find in me Thine all in Jesus made it all